but he's gone for now. But don't worry, we've got Stefan. Welcome back, listeners, to the 154th episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast, recording on the 17th of December 2019, into the Christmas period now where the games come thick and fast, and decisions needed to be made a lot quicker now. That's right, though, Bully has left me, and he has himself a little baby boy, born on Sunday, who is well and healthy, so congratulations to him and his wife. But we have a more than capable replacement for him in Stefan Hogsrad who finished within the top 3k the last two seasons, 2.5k and 1.7k last year. He will be filling in for Bully whilst he's cleaning nappies. Welcome to the podcast, Stefan. How do you feel about taking over? Uh, it's good to be back and it's good to step in for Bully. Although I feel you step in for Bully and I can step in for you. Yeah, that, so. that's kind of how it works, isn't yeah. it? I'm now the host and then you can step in for me. But with your pedigree, I'm sure we won't have a problem. And uh, this week's guest is James York from Statsbomb. Statsbomb is an organisation of football analytic experts who have now produced their own proprietary data set of stats. James is currently the head of analysis department for Statsbomb, whilst involved in a wide range of other Statsbomb activities and projects, including being the host of his weekly podcast, where we're not going to talk about films on this podcast, James, but welcome back, James. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Hopefully I can provide uh, some insight. Yes. Although I don't think I'm anywhere near as expert as most most guests that you have. On. You do play the game now, though. You are, you are now addicted. Thanks, thanks to you, yeah. I mean, uh, in the summer, when I came, I came on in the summer, and I didn't hadn't played it at all then, and I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll have a team. So I started a team, and yeah. Misery. No, he's been Misery. great. <laughs> yeah, you, you, that will come. Um, I know like since the last podcast, like as we mentioned, you created your team. You were doing really well, which wasn't surprising for me. I thought you would do quite well at, at this. But how are you getting on now? Yeah, not so well. In week 10, I was in like 27,000th position which i was like this is good i like this game what fun this is i'm i'm an expert you should have had me on then and i could have crowed about it but yeah then it's gone all bad since then i'm too contrary i'm too much of a contrarian i I, there's loads of players that everyone has that i haven't ever had and that kind of thing so now i'm down at like seven hundred thousand. but when when you say other people have those players where, where are you seeing that where are you seeing that via twitter via the podcast or what you just you just know what yeah i mean i've listened to your podcast quite a few times and you know you, you just the information you can get from the game you, you you know you know who's popular and stuff like you know i've never had salah i've never had Mane, i've never had de bruyne you know i could i could carry on loads and loads of players never had pookie never had rashford never had abraham never had obamiang never had aguero never had lundstrom you know, I never had trend. Never had any Mary, aren't you? you really are. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I'm surprised I'm not down in like kind of like five millionth or something because uh, that would that would probably make more sense than uh, than not. But I did have Vardy from day one, so there yeah. you go. Okay, and that's the reason. Yeah, single-handedly. Yeah, that, that's that's part of it, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Well, as you're on, as you're on, James, we're doing things a little bit differently this episode. Instead of headlines, I think we're going to go through FPL topics where we can just mix in the chat as we go along, and yeah, we'll also go over listeners' questions. We'll have my piss break, partner chat, captains and transfers, league tables, and then we'll get your top three picks which you were hard pushed to to get for this week weren't you James 
Yeah, I, I don't like this week at all, but yeah, go on. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't, no. And then we'll finish on Alexa's afterthoughts. But just so I can list the FPL topics for this week. So number one is almost halfway through the season. So we're going to round that up and we're going to look forward. We're going to use some stats from Statsbomb, from the good site of fpref.com, which we highly recommend. Number two is wildcard discussion. I am on my wildcard this week, so we have to discuss it a little bit. Uh, number three is what to do with Liverpool assets. We We've discussed this a few times in various podcasts, but I think we still need to go over it. Number four is uh, stats and how they integrate with FPL. Number five is the fixture pileup and how to manage it. But let's quickly talk about how we got on in the last game week, because we all want to know how you got on, James. But Stefan, you haven't spoken for a while. Talk us through your tactical decisions, Captain, and how you got on this game week. Yeah, so my main decision was save the free transfer by all means. Just save it. And... uh, yeah. And th- that plan went well until I found out Robertson was benched five minutes before the deadline or something. I was about to yeah. go out drinking and uh, have a quiz and stuff, and I had to figure that out. But I couldn't find a transfer I really liked, and I never really planned for Robertson being benched. So I just ended up playing Kelly and saving the free transfer. And that was my main decision. I have been keeping KDB for a while, and finally he came good. I did a brilliant decision of captaining him last week for one point, but at least I got 19 points this time. <laughs> yeah. um, I captained Vardy like pretty much everyone else, I think, except those sneaky ones with the Salah captain. Other than that, I did pretty much okay, Lundström, and I finished with 73 points. But I'm st- And the green, green arrow by 73 points, but I'm still at 1.3 million overall. So The only way is up. Uh, I've been saying that since Game Week 3, I think, but I'm still basically at the same rank as started in Game Week 1. Well, two weeks ago, I was at 1 million. Yeah, yeah. we were quite uh, Um, similar two weeks ago, and then then, uh, Captain KDB happened, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, James, how did did you get on this week? Yeah, absolutely terrible. Really, really miserable. Uh, Like 39 points or something. I think the story story of my week's my my defensive transfer. The last two weeks, I bought... um, I can't even remember who it was now. Someone, someone had to go out in my defence. Uh, uh, so I brought in Van Aanholt as a smart move last the week before. And then yeah. he got injured straight I away. I see what you did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got injured straight away because, yeah, Palace's finishes looks okay. He's like, yeah, right, he'll do. He's, he, you know, just as, a, as an idea. And I thought, right, he had to go straight away. So I was like, I oh, know, I'll get Lindelof. <laughs> <laughs> that. I was like, Why it was like Maguire or Lindelof. United I'll tell you what. I'll go. I'll go Lindelof. Why not? Let's give him a. Just let's give him a whirl. Again, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's got no goal. Obviously, and he was just like, oh my god! I think he's only the second second player I've had all year to re- record a minus score. So I'm tempted just to kick him out just just instantly for the ignominy of like scoring minus points in a game week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty grim. Like um, I've got Kane at the moment, who was good last week, and Sterling's been there the whole season. Vardy's been there the whole season. So they picked up points. Uh, Henson, my keeper, has been there all, most of the season. He didn't know I've had him all season. He's played most of them. Those are the only people that really scored. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's not been good. Really, honestly, the last few weeks have been awful. Yeah, you've not but, got a bad team, you know. but you have got Ozil in your team now. I mean, come no, on. No, you're not anymore. Oh. I got rid of him. I'm a contrarian, you see. <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm, again, I'm a bit of a contrarian. So I bought in Ozil a couple of weeks ago, just thinking like, all oh, right, yeah, that's 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 a that's a random pick for like the kind of last midfield slot. And uh, yeah, he's just been useless. So I've already got rid of him. I think I've swapped him out for Lucas Moura, which I'm not even happy about. Last month, I've, I've, I've looked every week. I look at my team, and I'm like, I need four new players. 
and I haven't wild carded yet. So it's like, right, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's coming. Due a wild card. I mean, I'm on my wild card this week. I mean, <laughs> part of me that says I'm playing it maybe a little bit early, but I just feel like my team really needed it. So yeah, I had to go with it. But you, yeah, you sound like you need it pretty soon. When are you I playing? Think, I needed it a month card. ago. Yeah, when are you playing it? Uh, soon. I don't know. You tell me. Like I say, I'm not the expert. You need, you need to play it soon. Three game weeks left to play it. Yeah. Also, so. I, would, I would play it this week. Yeah, it, it, I might leave it this week and then do it next week. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's tough to make that decision. But I've tried to be like conscientious about like how I you know play the game. I haven't used up any of my bonuses or any of that kind of nonsense. Yeah, yet, like so, we said, you, you were know, doing well. We'll, were, we'll see. You know, you were above me. You were gloating to me like, over Twitter chat. Now that's reverse. So I'm happy about that. Just, gloating is the wrong word. I should share sharing yeah. the joy of, of you know mild success yeah. at, yeah. at one point how was your yeah, so week anyway I, good i suppose i scored 81 points this game week and in the last two game weeks i've gone from 1 million to 551,000 overall so i'm very happy at the moment yeah great week for me i had the decision to either remove sterling or Aubameyang before my wild card this week which i did actually discuss at the fpl meetup on friday with many people shout out to everyone who i met that night it was a great night awesome experience and thank you to will from ff hub and tom and nick from who got the assist for organizing that was that was good fun so yeah i had the decision whether to remove Aubameyang for tammy tammy abraham or to remove Sterling for either Mane or Salah. So I wanted to actually keep Sterling because I just thought that he would get something against Arsenal, which obviously he did. But I wasn't really hopeful for Aubameyang scoring, but really did think that Chelsea would turn over Bournemouth and Tammy would have a piece of that pie, but that didn't happen. So ideally, I would have had two transfers and actually moved Aubameyang to get Salah in my team because Salah was the one I wanted. But I'm going to quickly, actually, I'm going to quickly move to a question from Slack from Emma quite early in the pod now, actually. She asked from Slack, Salah versus Mane. What were the reasons gave you confidence to bring in Salah and captain him? Because I captained Salah. Is he now a better option? So I'm going to come to you guys first about this. Out of the two of Mane and Salah, who would you have in your team? James, I'll come to you first on this one. Out of the two, Mane or Salah, who would you have? I haven't got either, um, but I think it's a complete coin flip. I don't I don't think there's a there's a preferable uh, choice there. I think you, you, you're kind of... Salah has been Salah been dropped more. Maybe he's made, missed more games, recently, one or two more. So I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I wouldn't... Yeah, maybe Man is more reliable in that regard as his fitness has been strong. But, you know, when, when you look at numbers on them, they're, they're, they're just two strong picks. I, I, I don't particularly think it's just a complete judgment call. If you want to make a slight case, then Man is slightly ahead on the expected numbers I'm looking at. But, you know, Salah's well capable of, of putting in a run and scoring, scoring goals. Look at the weekend, he was, you know, exceptional. So... I, I really, I, it's just, you're just going to have to go with your heart on that, I think. I know that's not what people want to hear, <laughs> but, but that's, I think, I think this, they're just too close to call. It's, you know, it's like choosing your favorite child or something. Yeah. It's, I know what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, it not fair. Yeah. Stefan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think Salah is the better option now. And for me, it was two things. First, Klopp went out before the Bournemouth game, I think, and said, yeah. Salah's fine now. He's finally fit. His ankle won't trouble him anymore. And then I watched the uh, Salzburg game. And in that game, he scored just the one goal, but he looked pretty much back to his best somehow. He, he gets to all the chances. And 
you're just waiting. You know he has the potential to score a brace pretty much every game when he looks like that. He also did versus Watford, of course. Uh, so I would I would prefer Salah at this point, but. And I, and I also believe that since Liverpool have a blank game week, you can use that to maybe get rid of Mane and jump on Salah back yeah. later. If I was if I was forced to like put you know make a decision on these, I think Salah's playing like higher up the pitch than yeah. Mane in general. So yeah. you know I, I think that's that's probably a you know a potential decider to you know think some of the some of the stats companies have, have been putting up saying that Liverpool been playing like a four two three one kind of thing and Salah's the one. I'm not sure yeah. if that's the case. Formations are a bit of a kind of fluid situation for me, uh, in my view. But yeah, I think Salah, Salah's definitely. You know, if you look at some of the kind of like you know charts, pass charts that you can kind of get on this kind of thing, uh, you'll see Salah's like higher up the pitch. And maybe that's you know a, a small factor in his favour. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And to answer Emma's question, I saw Salah's number numbers in the Champions League game and how well he's been playing recently. He got the 90 minutes, as Stefan said, against Bournemouth. He was playing furthest forward in that game, looked good, scored. He played 90 in RB Salzburg, you know, scored a great goal from a tight angle. So, you know, the skill was coming back as well. Bit wasteful in that game, but he got his shot volume back. And that was the game where he got nine shots. And I'm a big fan of shot volume. Also, as mentioned, and a few people were saying on Friday they they also thought he was back at his best as well. So I brought him in, moved off the Jamie Vardy in the captaincy and captained him. And no, I, I didn't actually do it to climb the ranks as it was like a differential. I just genuinely thought he would score more. And looking at his numbers now, points per 90 is now more than Mane's. His goals and assists per 90 is more than Mane's, 0.98 to Mane's 0.95. So pretty close as well. So yeah, if you're still on Mane and you can't move off, I wouldn't necessarily switch either. But yeah, as Stefan mentioned, it's probably a good time to move him out and then plan to get Salah later on. But yeah, decent game week for me. Let's move on to mention our brilliant Patreons had one new patron this week uh now let me get his name right uh Sagua Sharujan. i've completely butchered that i'm sorry even when he wrote it down to me phonetically i still know i was going to ruin it but he has come in at the slack level so thank you Sagua. <laughs> welcome to the surgery family just to mention andy portlock vince Poyle, and ron frost who are pledging at the highest tier they also get an extra mention each week so thank you to them if you want to help support the podcast you can do at patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery where you can gain access to the slack channel our patreon podcast which we may actually be doing a few over the christmas myself and stefan might be doing a quick just random one so look out for them okay fpl topics for this week then first one half season roundup i know it's not quite half season but james is here so we want to round up somewhat and looking forward so james we're almost halfway through the season and having you on just so we can look at the stats and you know compare it to fpl what teams so far this season have matched outperformed overperformed, underperformed their stats so far this season can you tell us about and what teams should we be targeting do you reckon well, I mean, it, it, there's subtleties to this, but I think it's it's very easy to note that Liverpool have massively outperformed expectation. You know, their their expected goals kind of like 
quite similar to Leicester and Chelsea. Uh, mm-hmm. Leicester have kind of come forward very much in the last month or so. Their, their, their metrics look much better than they did before then. Manchester City's metrics look really, really strong. They've obviously managed to, <laughs> to develop a habit of losing games and giving away kind of cheap goals this season. The whole thing with clean sheets is very interesting in regard to that. I, th- I think, ironically, Liverpool, I think Liverpool probably fair set for more clean sheets. They probably haven't had as many clean sheets as you'd expect. Keep winning 2-1 and this kind of thing. So, you know, yeah. from an FBL perspective, it's interesting how that's panned out. But, you know, I would expect Liverpool to probably have more clean sheets, win more games easily, but then probably drop points at the same time. It, it, it's it, I can't see them continuing to win every game, you know, whilst conceding. It's, it's this kind of odd situation they've been they've been going through. Um, a lot of it's kind of shaking out. I think you know when I when I just kind of look at expected metrics, I think Palace are probably. Not too great. Newcastle, Newcastle are definitely overachieving. You know their metrics don't look very strong at all, uh, and you know they they've got quite a lot of points. But these aren't these aren't teams that you know. Palace, you might look at defenders and stuff. Newcastle, I don't think anyone's really looking at any players in Newcastle. To, uh, you know to put into the put into the game. Yeah. Everton perhaps were a little bit underachieving. Yeah, it's it's. It, <laughs> I think as I've played this over over the course of the year, I think the more I think about it, there's a kind of like a pool of players. I don't know how many that is, 50, 60, 80, yeah, uh, that, that, that you generally kind of like will pick your team from. And pretty much everyone yeah. else doesn't count in some degree, and um, yeah, so it's so it's interesting because you know you can go through you can go through various various teams. Some teams, you know, any, any player like Liverpool, Man City, potentially any player could be a, a pick. Uh, whereas Newcastle, you might might struggle to find one that you might want. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting in that regard. But yeah, Leicester as well. It was interesting they drew against uh, against um, Norwich at the weekend. That was. Potentially, some something that they, you know, the small banana skin that they haven't slipped on up to this point. Uh, they're they're a good team. There's no there's no denying it. Their metrics are, are very solid. But again, when you just keep winning games, um, we've we've seen it power uh, title charges uh, in the last two three two or three years. Uh, I know Chelsea when Chelsea won the league, uh, they won loads of games in a row. Obviously, City and Liverpool both did it last season. And City season before, eventually it kind of slows down. You know, I cannot see Liverpool, you know, winning sixteen in the next seventeen games, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, but, the, but Chelsea are perhaps a little bit under 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 power. They they're on a bad run. They keep keep losing games against teams out of form, which is odd. But their metrics look pretty good. Um, you know, they they look solidly in amongst the top four, even though, you know, you could easily argue a case that they're on a bit of a downward slide. Yeah, but do, do you think Liverpool's overperformance or overperforming can continue for the rest of the season? Are Robertson and Arnold and Mane and Salah so good at making those assists and scoring those goals that they can continue above expectation? Well, that's the thing. I think you know, they're so far, they're so far ahead of expectation. You know, if they, if they if they'd had a similar record to Leicester, let's say, you know, the ten points back, you'd be perfectly happy with with their season. You'd be saying they're doing well. You know, they've got a very similar goal difference. They've got a similar amount of goals, similar amount of goals against uh, yeah. as Leicester. Obviously, the distribution has been very different, but. Um, yeah, it, it's. It, I think it was much like you think. Think of Tottenham last season. You remember Tottenham couldn't draw a game last mm. season, and they, you know, they, they, I think the first half of the season they won fifteen and lost four and didn't draw a game. It was like if if you ever like play that kind of like season over again. I know it's kind of an imaginary concept, but you know they would draw some of those games, or maybe they would lose one or two more. And uh, you know, I think that Liverpool have just had the most unbelievable, perfect you know half a season so far, and uh, it's it's probably meant their results are at the absolute top end of what you could expect. But then they were last season as well. You couldn't have expected them to get ninety-seven points off their metrics last season. So I think there's an element of like how they manage games as well. Liverpool are really quite clever. At, a lot of times they've scored two quick goals, 
uh, I think quite a few times this season they've gone gone into like significant leads and then been able to kind of like manage their way through yeah, the game without so having to shot. go too hard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's hard to define that as a skill, but when they keep doing it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's notable and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. They've had a, quite a consistent lineup as well. I think they're probably only the one center back, uh, has, has been in kind of injury worry. Obviously Alison was out uh, for a while as well, but, you know, generally they've, they've had quite a con- uh, consistent lineup as well a- across the last two seasons. And that's something that's lesser benefited from as well. I think their, their lineups have been very consistent across the season. Uh, you know, Quietly, City have had a bit of an injury thing going on with you know Aguero, Sane. Uh, obviously, Laporte's a big player for them that they've missed, and yeah, sure you expect City to be able to withstand this kind of thing, but you know it's it's still tough. These are these are top players, and you you want them fit. Yeah, so you mentioned Everton there as well about underperforming. Should we be looking at Everton players at some point? I mean, they've they've got a bit of a resurgence with Ferguson at the moment, but any other teams which you can kind of think of which. People might want to look at just because they've been underperforming their XG this season. I, I mean, I've had Richarlison in my team for most of the season. Yeah, he's, good he's, 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 been, he's been he's been okay. Yeah. I, I, I like these I like these players that are kind of like the the one guys that are going to be like you know potentially scoring goals for for a team. But yeah, I don't know. I think I, I look Bournemouth have got a kind of schedule that's coming up. Their metrics haven't looked too good this year. Probably a little bit behind where you'd expect them to be. Burnley's Burnley's metrics have been surprisingly strong. Uh, you know, kind of like very much league league par. Not conceding as many shots as they used to. And I think both their strikers have been have been reasonable options throughout the throughout the season. Yeah. And you know, for their expected numbers have looked quite solid. And they've scored you know reasonably off, often. Uh, Barnes and Barnes and Wood. So you know, they're they're a team probably not to sleep on, especially if you you know looking for the kind of cheaper striker end of things. Okay. Another interesting uh, interesting finding is that Wolves have the least expected goals against for the whole season, even with Bolly out for for that long. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's some. Okay, I can see you, you have Cody in your team, or you had Cody in your team. Yeah, so you were yeah. I had, I had Bolly for Bolly for ages, and then I had Cody, and it, again, it was just. I mean, I think everyone's had issues with defenders, haven't they, this year? Because they're like, where are the clean sheets? You know, you look yeah. at the top defenders, and it's like Liverpool and Sheffield United. Who, who, who can imagine that? Man City have you know had defensive problems and you know, playing Fernandinho in there, trying to find a reliable pick, a Man City defender to stay in there. Everyone started the year with Zinchenko, things like that, and you know he's kind of drifted off. Bigger teams from the past, you know, past say Man United have conceded once a lot. Tottenham and Arsenal haven't been so good. Chelsea have, have been a bit vulnerable in in places. Obviously, Leicester have come to the fore. So yeah, defensively, it's, it's, it's been a kind of uh, you know, when you're shopping for clean sheets, or or even someone like Lucas Dina, who was like you know good last season, and creative and things. I look at a list of defenders from an FPL perspective, and I'm like, right, I don't know who to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who to pick. This is hard, like because there's you know there's there's no one that I can particularly uh, hang my hat on. But I think yeah, having a Wolves defender, I, I I've had one Wolves defender throughout, and you know they've they've featured pretty much reliably within yeah, my team. Do- so. Doherty was yeah. a great shout, but it's just. Too expensive. It's, they really did outprice him for people. Mm. If he was an option, I do think a lot would be on top of him at the moment. They've not got terrible fixtures coming up either, but yeah, just kind of out of reach. They haven't got that many attacking defenders other than him for me. I mean, Johnny was, but not as good and still quite expensively priced. So yeah, looking at the uh, the players to go for, who would you look at now based on their expected data so far this season and? ongoing who would you think are good assets to have that which maybe not a lot of people are looking at or 
just in the general norm, who who would you see as the best players going forward? I I think I, I don't I, I don't think there are any secrets here to be honest. In the more I think about this kind of stuff, um, I think Grealish is an interesting player. I think more more and more people have jumped on him in recent recent times. Uh, but he he stands out really well for like kind of creative passing. Like he's 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 yeah. behind De Bruyne for a variety <laughs> of things. Like I think passes into the box or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, kind of open play passes into the box. You know, Grealish ranks second behind De Bruyne in the um in the league and maybe Mares is up there as well. I mean, this is the thing, Man City forwards, are, the old attackers are all a bit kind of shuffled and stuff. Um, I think Gabriel Jesus is interesting because uh, in some ways his metrics look very much like Aguero's. I, th- I know I talked him up as a, an idea in the last time I was on this pod and it obviously with the, I think Aguero's back in training now but he's, he's, he's probably seen more minutes and it's not helpful because one of them will play. You know, if, one, if, if Aguero's injured then Jesus is going to play but if they're both fit then it's just a tough pick you know it's, i think we've got a question later maybe about this whole man city kind of like you know sterling's about the only guy that you know and maybe de bruyne that you know is going to play for man city apart from the keeper and it's um yeah it's been quite tough to kind of like get an angle on well, let's angle quickly on jump to to that particular question then so you were referring to what do we do about man city players and who would you risk besides kdb i mean like, like you say it's difficult for the rotation going on aguero is coming back and you do think that he is the better striker he'll get straight back in but like you say again Jesus's numbers isn't bad. Also, they're but- really similar. Honestly, they're really similar. Apart from, um, I think, uh, the actual goals, which is the bottom line. <laughs> but like you know, the the, the, the underlying numbers are incredibly similar. They play a very similar amount of minutes. They both take just about four point two shots per night, from what I'm looking at. And uh, you know, their expected goals are really quite similar. I had you know, re- regards Man City and Christmas. I had a quick look at like the last two Christmases to like see what what attackers as, as Guardiola kind of like relied on the last two years, and like. I over like eight games in the last two Christmases, like Sterling started seven of them. He started all four of them last year. Uh, he started three the season before. Uh, De Bruyne started four the season before. I think he was probably injured a bit around about last Christmas. But yeah, it's um, otherwise, you know, Mares has been on the bench a bit. You know, Bernardo Silva started last last year, but he hasn't been a reliable pick quite this year. No. Um I yeah, it's, it's it, him, but yeah, he's gone back to the bench. So yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's tricky. I'm 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 quite surprised he hasn't featured more 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 regularly. And even even Myers, like Myers's metrics look great. They you know when he has been on the pitch, he's he's pretty much delivered reliably. So the fact that he hasn't started as many games is potentially a little bit of a surprise there. And you know you so you're best basically left with the kind of like Sterling or. Uh, De Bruyne picks, which are obviously expensive. So, you know, if you're getting those guys in, maybe Aguero, when he comes back to fit, maybe Jesus, as long as, you know, as long as Aguero isn't fit, is, is a good option. But yeah, City, City, are, City are funny now cause, because the, the whole defensive end is just odd. Yeah, they've, they've got stones out now as well. I mean, I suppose we, we're just answering the question from Faith No Moreno at Faith No Moreno. He's just saying which City assets to have, if any, to consider for the upcoming period of solid fixtures. So they have got good fixtures, but it's all going to be crammed in this Christmas break. Stefan, what, what's your thoughts on the City assets? Any others that James hasn't said? Yeah, I think uh, Otamendi can do the job for a couple of weeks now, yeah. for real. Four or five game mix as long as Stones is out because yeah, he's he, yeah he's always got that gold threat so he can show up with a fifteen pointer in any game and that's always good to have in your team but you need to transfer him out at some point and that can also be an issue for that part. Other than that, I think Pep has tried to rotate De Bruyne a bit this season but when he has done so, he uh, City has lost 
They lost versus Wolverhampton when De Bruyne was injured, I think. And they lost versus Norwich when De Bruyne was benched. So when Klopp ro- rotates Salah or Mane, he wins either way. But when Pep rotates De Bruyne, he loses Yeah, and often. He... So, so, yeah, so I think De Bruyne is the... Along with Sterling, is maybe the only two options you can go for along with Otomendi because they should play and they need to play. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think obviously De Bruyne, you know, absolutely annihilated Arsenal and deservedly so. It was just brilliant and can be outstanding nearly every single week. I mean, a lot of people were thinking about removing him because he went on a couple of blanks, but you look at just his points. If you just bring up his FPL card, it's always consistently scoring. So, yeah, he's almost a, a season keeper, Amidia Boyner. Yeah. Okay, so just going back to you, James, what data do you actually think we need to, to look at to help us with our FPL teams? You've You've been playing for half a season now almost, and you've just said it's all pretty obvious stuff but if you're looking on the fly last four game weeks or something like that who you think is going to be in form who would you say I know you were saying Jesus's numbers are good what are you seeing there what are you looking at there to say that he's going to potentially score in the upcoming game weeks yeah well I mean it's hey yeah shots shots and goals goals are everything aren't they this is the bottom line you know how, how who's, who's making goals who's scoring goals and who's stopping goals being <laughs> being being scored so it, it really is uh, I, I, you know I'm not I'm not trying to be insulting by saying it's a simple game but yeah. like the way it's set up is, is is you know relatively straightforward so I think yeah certainly looking at expected numbers and getting an idea of uh, like people who are um, creating I think two well creating or scoring I think two players that I kind of like had half an eye on and never got in got into my my team uh, this season are Ings and Morpai, who both kind of like they look like they were, uh, you know, their expected numbers look quite strong. You know, they they get chances. They're obviously the main strikers for their teams. They're not strong teams, so you know, may, maybe you're not seduced by them in that way. But you know, slowly but surely, they've they've started contributing, and you think like, okay, that's 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 interesting. And I think it's just you know the basic facts of, of like looking at kind of uh, stats in that way. Uh, going to be informative and useful but um, Magnus Carlsen you know world chess champion who's I think he's in third now he was he was like the he was he was he was in in first place at one point wasn't he over last weekend changes which was hilarious what did he say he said it was a mix of of stats and um, stats and gut feel and it really is I mean I I'm not you know I'm a stats a stats guy it's my job it's what I do you know professionally but it, it, there's just there's so many different angles that you can kind of bring into it, you know, with fixtures and form and ideas about it. And um, I think I think that's right. You know, some some knowledge of the stats and then just who's going to likely get clean sheets, who's going to likely play. Just play and get the damn players on the pitch is hard enough half the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we've all walked into that, you know, lamppost over the, over the over the course of the time. Yeah, basically, basically that's that's it. You just need to kind of keep an eye on it, and then you need a bit of bit of luck, and that's that's your captaincy, and yeah. you know. Uh, things, things like that, you know, and getting players on the on the pitch and not walking into rotation and managers lying to you and saying that they're going to play someone and they don't, or vice versa, and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, always need a bit of luck. That's uh, is key to this game. Okay, so this game's about getting on the right players at the right time. So, for instance, after Mourinho came in, you could sort of see something changed in Dele Alli. And are there any stats or statistical stuff we can use to maybe catch on to those type of players early, James? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. It's um, I, funny enough, I was quite interested in Ali before the season, and then he, you know he was he was injured and didn't feature much at all. And it's 
I think something with something with him is is he's been like I think he's like six or seven games uh, probably played off injury, and then uh, Mourinho came in, and obviously it looked like he was kind of. Uh, playing him as you know a kind of number 10 in that role Ericsson wasn't in the team so there was potentially a little bit of creative uh license for him and and obviously these long balls from the back and that he's run onto and you can you can see that historically you know Ali running onto a long ball and finishing it off is you know kind of one of the things that he made his name for and he's, he's done that uh, once or twice once or twice since I wouldn't say necessarily there was there was a kind of like big statistical case uh for him but I think, you know, when you look at his heritage over, like, say, not last season, but probably the season before and the season before that, he did have injury problems last season. You know, you've got a guy that's got kind of 18 goals from an attacking midfield, kind of forward midfield kind of position. Then knowing that that kind of player is, is still around, I, I, he'd always be in my, on my radar as a player that, you know, potentially could could be brought in. Again, like shot volume is is quite useful there, but the, the the types of shots that he gets, you know, when when he does kind of like beat the beat the defense or run from deep, you know, there there are very few players that, that kind of get that from like midfield roles. So, you know, you can argue that when he does get chances, then potentially they could be quite high value. Yeah, you you just need the little bit of a kind of like combination of knowing the type of player and knowing knowing the system they're playing. Like, you know, I wouldn't have touched Tottenham players under Pochettino really at all. I think I had Lamella to start the season. He and he played quite a lot and did did okay. But um, yeah, you know, knowing knowing the kind of like the the temperament or you know how a team is setting up and how are they how are they performing. You know, it's it's been just completely different since uh, Mourinho's gone in there. So you know, spotting spotting that it's not really hard to spot, but you know, it's knowing that and then thinking like. Who could benefit? Uh, yeah, it's pr- it's probably worth worth taking a little risk on those kind of players, um, and you know, playing from there. You can translate that into if Ancelotti comes to Everton. I don't know if that is if that is final or not yet. But you can you can say what do we need to see from say Richarlison before we jump onto him if Everton get Ancelotti as a new head coach. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely, and like, who's you know, who's going to go in at Arsenal? I mean, um, Everton Ever- Ever- under Ferguson, I know the results have been okay, but I think the, the performances have been really quite quite odd. The Man United game, they were terrible, and um, you know, no disgrace in losing to Man City, but Arsenal, I don't know, nothing against Lundberg. He looked a bit like a competition winner there that day, so it, it just wasn't ideal. But getting a new manager, getting players in, and you know, motivated, you know, when that happens, and understanding that because it always seems to be a smallish bounce. I know that it, it's it's hard to define. I think Mourinho's locked up Tottenham's defence a little bit, even though they've they're conceded, they're still conceding goals. I think they're definitely more kind of like robust and they're playing differently. Seeing a manager come in and making those changes, you can see that quite quickly, and then maybe you can adapt and and select players based on based on that. Yeah, the numbers have improved at Tottenham. I uh, heard on the uh, Planet FPL podcast that yeah, in the last five game weeks they, they have got better. So that's defensively and attacking as well. So that is interesting on, on them. Um okay, so let's let's move on to our, our next topic now because we've got a long pod so far. But wildcard discussion. Uh, FPL underscore PK is just saying wildcard thoughts, must haves, etc. So you know teams with good fixtures over the Christmas period, probably Man United Aston Villa, Spurs and Palace. I'm just going to kind of go through my brief wild card, which I'm, I've got set up at the moment. I'm going to briefly talk about the goalkeepers here because a lot of people are going greater. You obviously got the eight points in the last game uh, over that 1-1 draw. He, you know, didn't get a clean sheet, still scoring free bonus. He seems to be the option with Palace's fixtures, a great option. But Henderson, for me, out of the cheap keepers, 
Sheffield United have the best defensive stats for me, and it has only been because they haven't kept a clean sheet, I think it was three times on the bounce, that he hasn't been spoken about as much. And before that, a lot of people were talking about him, even before the uh, United game, which he had to sit out. So Sheffield United are actually third to Liverpool and Leicester for goals conceded on 16. Fifth for shots on target conceded per 90. A key stat, which I saw from your stats, James, is the save percentage. Um, Actually fourth for save percentage behind Leicester Palace and Spurs and they also haven't allowed any penalties so far this season I just think that what was this what was his save percentage did you I haven't looked at it save percentage, I didn't write it down but I can find it out uh, 0.733 okay that's not that's not outrageous if you, you know if, if a keeper's like over 80% save percentage then yeah you know that this probably won't mm. last that's that's kind of within the parameters that it's, you know save percentage is something that can really fluctuate it's, it's, it's not a statistic that you can like kind of hang your hat on it it can go up and down really depending on just luck basically <laughs> but i i think henderson's a good keeper we I, I knew about him from when he when he spent some time in league one two seasons ago so he's been in my fbl team all year i think i i've got um gaz and eager as well who's who's played once you know i put him in once or twice recently depending on fixtures but i think he's a good keeper so the, the whole idea i had was like you'll either maybe he'll make some yeah. saves <laughs> he's quite cheap and then suddenly Sheffield United have um, have been a, a good pick I think the, the controversy here is everyone's got Lundstrom and so it's like how many Sheffield United players do you really want in that um, in your team with the potential that maybe you know they start conceding more goals at some point now there's no, there's no kind of statistical argument to say that they will but we have seen teams come up and do really well for half a season. Then the second half of the season, it's, it's been slightly not so, not slightly not so good. When you know, it's almost like teams get an idea about what they're about and you know start doing a bit more research on them. Uh, maybe to take them a little bit more seriously, especially when they're doing quite well. So. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a consideration. Yeah, I, I've also looked at it as um, looking at the fixtures. He rotates really well with Ramsdale from Bournemouth, and Ramsdale, believe it or not, is actually top for keepers for points so far this season. And oh, you, that won't last. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, I bully shouted him. What was it? A few game weeks ago and we were just poo-pooing it straight away but he then after that got I think it was three clean sheets on the bounce and he's just got they've had some odd clean sheets haven't they Bournemouth I never never rate them as a defensive team at all but like you know at at Chelsea and they had a nil-nil earlier in the season I can't remember who against it was surprising against another big team I think so keeping a clean sheet against Chelsea without Ake that's just (laughs) strange yeah what are your thoughts so I, I like I like Ryan yeah, basically because oh, yeah. of how this game is played, because he Brighton usually plays a lot out from the back, and that means Ryan gets all these passes completed. He always ends up about ninety percent pass percentage, and that gives him those extra BPS points. And oh, yeah. and with and with them, he usually gets bonus either even if he concedes a couple of goals. So that's why I like Ryan. Just for the steady, steady return of points. Yeah, totally understand that. I was literally setting you up for that one because I knew you were yeah. going to say that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it probably is between Henderson and uh, Ryan for me, but ideally, I think I, I might go Henderson just because I might ro- do a little uh, rotation. I don't normally do rotation of keepers, but I am thinking about it. I may change that. But let's let's just go quickly through the defence. I've got the standard people, which a lot of people will have in terms of Lundstrom, Rico. I've just brought Kelly in. I've got Aurea in my team, James. I also Ooh, I've also have been tempted by him. Yeah, I yeah. can understand that. 
I've also got Sionyu as well. I have been tempted to move him out for Baldock, maybe change up Henson. But I have been tempted by Otamendi as well. Five million. You know, City do have great defensive stats and they've got pretty good fixtures over this period as well. But like Stefan has said, he might be a transfer out uh, later down the line. I don't have any Liverpool assets at the moment. And is a kind of reason for that, which we could jump to in a minute in terms of what to do with your Liverpool assets. But any any players which you guys w- would add to that pool of players which I've got there on your wildcard? Oh, defenders is tough at this point. But I, I think I would have maybe just gone with Otomendi rather than Aurier, for example, because... What what I could see from the heat maps from Aurier early on with Mourinho, he was pushing way way forward, mm. and those those heat maps doesn't look quite as good in in the last couple of games. He looks to be a little less gung ho going forward and probably bringing Tottenham's a bit more balance. So. Wolves were good though, so I think there's you know that might have been I don't think that might have been a choice. Nah, <laughs> but... Maybe not. <laughs> But you know, with Vertonghen on the other side, he's, he's been picking recently. Vertonghen's not going to be pushing out very much, so I think, no. you know, especially at home against weaker teams, you, you know, Aurier will probably remain like a an option. But he's always got a mad moment in him, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, you can just see him getting sent off for, for nothing or doing yeah, something crazy. crazy. Just yeah. defenders, I think. I and obviously this week's difficult with Liverpool and stuff. I've had Robertson in my team the whole way. I mean, Trent's an obvious pick. I I, I wouldn't want to go through the rest of the season without a Liverpool defender. I think, but yeah, it's. Well, that, yeah, you know, it's tricky because they're expensive, and you know maybe you want to spend. Yeah, let's quickly move it to the, uh, the the third topic in terms of what to do with Liverpool assets. So um, we've got Mad Hatter asking here how to fire the Liverpool blanks. So Mane to Son, he's looking at seems a favourable and possibly a captain choice to boot. I'm also looking at Sterling. Thoughts, please, gentlemen, sausage. So, what's your thoughts on Liverpool? The this blank. Upcoming, they've also got some tough fixtures. Uh, James, what, what do you reckon on Liverpool at the moment? Yeah, I mean that that blank is just is just annoying. I've only got Robertson in my team, so I I, I can kind of like negotiate it okay. okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult, especially if a lot of people will have three players in there. So you feel like you're going to have to do so. Hopefully you've prepped for it a little bit though, really. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're, you're not just going to have a, you're not just going to have a bench of like, you know, Sane, um, sorry, Mane, um, you know, Salah and Trent or something. You're going to have to be you're a little bit more crafty about it than that. But yeah, it, it's tough. And you're right. They've, they've fixed, the fixtures kind of like get a little bit tougher, but I, I genuinely think they'll, they will drop more points soon, but they'll also start getting clean sheets. I can't see another half season with so few <laughs> clean sheets uh, from from teams that you'd expect to have so clean sheets. On I think, you there, know, like you're hoping for it's one of these <laughs> funny things, isn't it? Like you quite often get it in a season, and it's like something happened. I think goals are up the, up this season, and people, are, oh look, the games changed. There's more goals, or there's more this, and there's more that. And then once you get towards the end of the season, it kind of like it reverts, it settles back down, and you know, I think. You need more than half a season to like call a big trend, and I and I think I you know it's it's just a funny you know kind of blip the amount of lack of kind of clean sheets that we've yeah. had in the first half of the season. Yeah, I think it's a statistical blip that <laughs> I, I don't know how how they can have such few clean sheets with those numbers of goals conceded. It just doesn't add up. So I'm still yeah. big on the big on the Liverpool so defense. You so I'm going to do something. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably do, doing something few others are doing because I'm looking at keeping both right. Arnold uh, and Robertson through the blank and uh, wow. pu- push on with the double Liverpool defence. And 
it's sort of because I also think, think uh, how you're going to navigate this blank game week is based upon your team structure. So for some people, it might be correct to keep Mane, for example, or Salah. And for others, it might be correct to sell them. For some, they might have to sell a couple of players. But in my case, I can get by pretty okay with just selling Mane. And uh, the Liverpool play- defenders, they still contribute so much in attack. And they are basically the, the prime attacking options for Liverpool in addition to Salah and Mane. So I, I, I think they will keep kicking on with attacking returns. And I just also th- think or hope that the clean sheets will come a bit more than before. I suppose um, the, the, the argument for that, I mean, like they have got the blank, obviously. Then they've got tough fixtures up until game week 25. Uh, if you look at it, they've got Leicester away after the blank, then Wolves and Sheffield United at home. So that's promising. But then they've got Tottenham and Man United and then Wolves again. So... Tough fixtures up to them, and yeah, they might win them, but I just they're, they're not clean sheets for me. I don't think in all those games they're going to clean, clean sheets. Maybe against Sheffield, I don't believe they'll, they'll do against Wolves. Maybe there, but that is a run against good good defensive teams, though. Like, yeah, I mean, well. that's that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered this, but you know, they, of of that bunch of teams, if anyone's going to shut Liverpool out, like <laughs> you know, Leic- Leicester, Wolves, Sheffield United, Mourinho's Tottenham, yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Man United have been good in defence. That's 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 a really kind of similar kind of run of run of games all in a yeah. row. You know, there's no kind of like home to Watford there, is there, or home to West Ham? Well, you say you say so, yeah, that's Watford, quite interesting. But like, yeah, they should have conceded a few against Watford, and Watford are like third for bottom for XG this season. You know, only Newcastle and Palace are lower. They still look vulnerable at times. I mean, from the eye test, Liverpool they do seem like they're going to just concede random goals, but yeah, they have got good stats it's just over this Christmas period as well the amount of games they've got on they have got depth now you know there may be rotation as well when you you've got the likes of Origi and Shakiri performing you know even the likes of Milner Gomez able to cover for the fullbacks like you said Stefan it does depend on your team if you're in good nick and likely to remove the likes of Mane or Salah uh, especially for the next two game weeks, and then do that. But if you're not, then I can see keeping them as an option, but I would rather remove. Obviously, I'm on wild card, so I'm going to end up with no Liverpool and then just plan to bring them in for game week 20, 25. Yeah, maybe 24, because now Liverpool has gone out of the Carabao Cup, so they will probably, this is of course unconfirmed, but they will probably get their double game week in game week 24. Oh, yes, yes, of course, we'll look which brings the also the second part of my argument with keeping those fullbacks uh, is I will pretty much need three three Liverpool players for the double game week and the run from twenty five, which is yeah, really so good. in twenty four they'll play West and, Ham how, and Wolves if that comes. Up. Yeah, yeah, probably if that comes up, and and if that comes up, I I can't use four free transfers to bring money back to defense. Or double up with Salah and Mane. It takes a lot of retransfers if you're going to do that. So that's a part of my plan not to be ready for the Liverpool good run without spending too many free transfers. All right. So abandon ship Liverpool. Controversial advice <laughs> there. Abandon ship Liverpool. Yeah. 
It's a tough one. Let's let's move it back to the wildcard discussion. So uh, I'm going to just throw some names out here just that are in my team at the moment on wildcard. So I've got KDB, Son, Ali, uh, Grealish and Dendonka in my current midfield. There are other options in terms of Marshall and uh, I have looked at even keeping Sterling uh, just as like a placeholder to bring back those Liverpool assets as well. What are your thoughts uh, on wildcard and any other players that you would have? Uh, I think you're pretty good. I think you're, you're basically in midfield. You want, you want maybe one or two Tottenham midfielders. I still, still think you should go them yeah. over Kane, even though it also always feels more comfortable to Captain Kane in uh, during the Christmas period. But I think Son can do uh, just as good a job as Kane. Grealish also seems like a pretty straightforward option, given his fixtures and his price and how he's nailed in the team. Yeah, yeah. James, thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to stick with Sterling as my kind of like bedrock. Like I said, I think he'll play all Christmas. He's better I'd do anyway. But <laughs> um, and any other mids which you would? I'm uh, not sure. I, 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 well, I kind of I I don't know. I want to keep Richarlison because I, I feel like he's been my friend this year. So <laughs> the dumb loyalties that you get are kind of yeah. kicking in. I've had Dan James yeah, in my team for a while, and he's he's scored surprisingly regularly as a kind of like low key cheapish option. And like you said, I think you said Man United's fixtures are okay. So so the more I look at it, I've got like one random kind of pick in my midfield, and the rest of them are kind of. I quite like, so I don't know. Um, to- yeah, Tottenham, Tottenham are probably an option, but I think again, it's just kind of spreading it around. There's there's four Tottenham picks. You know, Kane's always going to be an option. I've got him in my team, you know, for good or for ill. Um, and then you know, you've got Son, uh, Son and Ali are, are options, but I don't know. I don't think I'd want. I don't think I'd want two Tottenham attackers. He says, knowing full well that he's just transferred Lucas Moore in, in a desperate <laughs> attempt to try and get some yeah. action <laughs> going. So, yeah, uh, yeah. This game, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's game. So yeah, you guys, you guys take Sean and Ali, and I'll take Kane yeah. and uh, Kane and Moore. We'll have gentlemen's bet. You know, who, who wins yeah. over the Christmas period points? The problem with Moore is that you, you never know when he's going to just suddenly throw him out and places okay. Just have no. Yeah. He's, he's that much cheaper though. He's you know Spot. I think he's at like seven million or something compared to like more like eight point five or more for the other. So yeah, it, there's there's a balance there. But yeah, now it's talking to you now. It's like yeah, actually maybe I should uh, no. Ignore, ignore. Yeah. I do like Richarlison also for his period. He he looks sharp. He just he just falls over so much. So <laughs> I think he's, he he looks injured like twelve times a game, and that is a slight worry for the fixture. He hasn't really upset me all year. He's gone like one or two, oh, a couple of games where he hasn't scored, and then he tends to score. And you're like, okay, yeah, of course I'm not going to get yeah. rid of you, my beloved Richarlison. You're, you know, <laughs> he takes he takes his goals well and. In my future plans, I have him locked in for uh, some game week in the, yeah. in the future. I mean, that, that's an interesting thing. You know, you know if Ancelotti goes in Everton, because he, he's been playing quite a reasonably advanced role at times, uh, you know, does, does he yeah. kind of stick him on the flank a bit? Or does he play him as a centre forward? You know, if, if, if Richardson's playing every week as a centre forward for Ancelotti, then, you know, he, he looks an even better option, really, doesn't he? So, Get him you know, it seems to be one of those. He's a good option. I mean, he's also playing the most... Uh, the worst defence in the league next. So yep. he's ideal. Um, yeah, okay, let's have about that. So uh, I'm just going to quickly move on to forwards then. So I've got Rashford. I think he's almost a given on wildcard now. I've still got Vardy tempted to move him out, you know, but I think I'll keep him. And I've also got Ings for now, but that will probably change to Tammy. 
Um, Tammy's numbers, which we mentioned earlier, just looking at uh, that site which we were referring to earlier, yep. James. The FB Ref. numbers on there. Go check them out. Yeah, <laughs> just look at that and you look at the uh non-penalty xg and tammy abraham is top uh, yeah he's that he's look yeah he's looked really really good in that regard i mean you know at the start of the season you could uh, could easily have said like is, is Giroud going to be their main striker uh you know 17 weeks mm-hmm. in or wherever it is and it's like you're right abraham uh obviously is is their main is their main striker and has been really good and i think that's the thing that his numbers support the fact that he's uh you know he's he's doing well he scored a lot of goals he had that little spurt where he scored a lot of goals quickly and everyone jumped on him and obviously he was you know a cheap price for the game as well so you know it's worth worth grabbing at that point uh but you know he's chelsea's main striker just like vardy's leicester's main striker leicester are good you know these are these are you know, reasonable picks when they're, when they're not the, you know, the 12 million guys and stuff, you know, you can always argue a case yeah. to get someone like that in. And when the stats back it up, which they really do for Abraham, more so than Vardy. I've been trying to get rid of Vardy for weeks, but you can't, you know. <laughs> well, he's got the stats now. He can't do that. <laughs> I kind of want to get rid of him, but like, he'll, 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 he'll start every week. He'll play 90 minutes. He'll, even if he slows down, he'll probably be a one in two guy for the rest of the season. Like, and he hasn't slowed down and he's been a one-in-one guy and, well, yeah, you can't argue with that, can you? Talking about the non-penalty XG, have you considered Puki Iceman? Yes. He's back. He is back, isn't he? Yeah, he's right up. If you look at one, two, three, which doesn't interest you, Stefan, but it's good to see all English players, Tammy Abraham, Vardy and Sterling at one, two, and three, then Puki yeah. number four. Uh, and then not that much further down, Marcus Rashford in ninth. So yeah, it's some good numbers there. And he has been in my team at one point, going to just two up front because there are so many good midfielders. But the strikers are scoring well at the moment, and I do almost think I want to. Just a quick aside on Puky. I thought it was it was fascinating to me as a complete newcomer to see how everyone got on Puky when he scored like you know a hat trick and a couple of goals early season. It was like he he has to be in everyone's team, and it was really it was quite a fad. It, it was it was interesting to me because it was like uh, he scored his goals now. Like you've missed the good time. Yeah. Right, like you know, he's he, that's the good thing. <laughs> he scored five or whatever it is. For I think his expected values were about two at that point. And then he went on a long run where he didn't score between kind of like, or maybe scored once or something between September and November. And it was like slowly but surely it kind of like went back. And the way people seemed to react, it was as if like, right, oh, he is a Premier League striker of top class, and you know he needs to be in my team. And obviously, he was a cheap price, and you know you could you could see the argument for it. But yeah, it did. It, it was it was it was interesting just to see how crazy the the, the pookie party kind of got. And uh, what are your thoughts on him now then? Well, yeah, I mean, he's 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 relatively interesting option at the moment. I mean, his expected goals are okay; they're not like off the charts. His goals are a little bit; he's a little bit ahead for goals. Um, I think you probably got to consider Norwich's fixtures. I've he's he's a tricky one. He's one he's one of the, he's one of a few in that kind of like that kind of price bracket that you would consider as as you know an option. He's you know I wouldn't rule out any, you know anyone picking him but then then again if he scored four goals from here to the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be expecting you know vast returns but yeah, yeah <laughs> he's not you look at his he's, fixtures, he's, he's kind of got one one good one bad for quite a while all the way up to game week 30 it could work out at that price and could do well I mean obviously he's still got good numbers start which I saw from uh, Mikhail Bukowski is just saying 38 goals since the start of last season Puki has scored more league goals than any other player in England's top four tiers so that's quite an interesting stat 
Um, yeah, I have considered. I've thought about him. But, uh, any other forwards which you guys would add to that cluster? Uh, I don't think so. No. James? Anyone? Maybe Danny Ings still? Yeah, Ings. He, I keep thinking he, he's Tim in my Nez, team at the moment. Jimenez is, is the one which I have thought about as well. Just their fixtures seem to stiffen up as well. And I'm a little bit worried they've yeah. got that Europa League and whether or not they're going to cope with it. But I suppose they have been coping up until now. Um, yeah, it's just that they've got City and Liverpool back-to-back after Norwich this game week. But then after that, Watford, Newcastle and Southampton. He's potential. Yeah, definitely a potential. Uh, right, so just going to move it on now. Stats and how they integrate with FPL. We had mentioned uh, Mika there. So he had a question. Has VAR affected certain players or teams more than others, James? So he's asking this direct to you. What's your thoughts on VAR? I don't know. I actually don't know. No. I mean, I, I, my, my general view about VAR is that, you know, don't worry about it. It'll shake out. But I think it's been inconsistent as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Like the way they've implemented it, which has been a little bit frustrating. And, you know, certainly from a data collection perspective, like how to deal with it is, is, is kind of uh, a question that, you know, remains to be solved definitively, I think, because it's, um, you know, I don't, there are aspects of it that I really dislike insofar as, you know, you, you could you could score a goal, at, you know, a long passage play you can score a goal and then it gets ruled out by var and yeah. so like that whole passage play didn't ever happen yeah if the keeper saves it yeah. and it just, you know the, that same shot and it just goes tucked behind and then you score from the corner then all of that all of that play exists because you never go back and check the uh you know the, the non-goal things like that it just uh, so how, how has it affected he asked here how has yeah. affected the stats overall as well do you think it's affected it this year in a negative way then um it's hard to say. I mean, I wouldn't look at. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too, too concerned with like you know one one or two instances over. You know, when if you're trying to evaluate players at any any uh, given volume, then you you know one or two shots isn't isn't going to make a whole wild lot of difference. Um, yeah, I mean, from a team and a player's perspective, you're going to be looking at a much longer term kind of uh, like gauge to actually understand you know player quality or you know whether they're performing or not so i i i would think these kind of things would shake out it's it's one of those one of those things i don't particularly like the way it's been implemented mainly because it hasn't i i feel it hasn't been as consistent as it could be and so yeah i'd, I'd like them to kind of be a little bit sharper on that uh, i'm you know people think you know oh you're a stats guy you you you're all for kind of you know technological um changes and things personally uh i don't mind referees getting things wrong i mean that's been part of the game forever and that's that's would have affected stats in just this, in the same way so you know it's, it's just a kind of different iteration of that it, it hasn't been smoothly implemented for me and too much time gets wasted that doesn't get added on at the end of games which is just annoying and silly and you know, so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get pilters for reading out this stat, but something which I've just been sent Paddy Power, but VAR not used in the League Cup and Liverpool gets smashed 5 0. What a surprise! <laughs> I thought that was brilliant because <laughs> they, they've obviously benefited quite a lot from uh, uh, VAR this year, but uh, a lot also they haven't as well. So it, it influences the FPL community a bit though, because take Mane's a couple of centimeters offside. Uh, versus Watford when he scored a goal. Oh, yeah, I mean, if he scores that goal, everyone who captains him looks like a genius. And when he misses, yeah, yeah. everyone says, "Ah, you should sell money. <laughs> it's not worth it anymore." Yeah. And such small, small margins. Yeah, I don't think it works to, oh, for the good other game. But... Reach down. So uh, another question here we've got, James, is 
Do stats back up the talisman theory? Just a question from FPL Sears. I've just moved down the list here. So Vardy at Leicester, Grealish at Villa and Jimenez at Wolves. Do the stats show that these guys are the best players to have? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, all of those guys have, have got a you know, strong case for them. And I do, I, I do just like, you know, the guy that is going to play every week. Like yeah, just, I said it before. That, that's it. This year. Yeah, I, I had, yeah, I had him at one point because because he was literally playing every week and he uh, he was you know quite consistent and um, you know he scored some points for me. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't. Don't follow me on choices of players. I'm I'm being eclectic and trying to be creative and uh, <laughs> it's backfiring at the moment. So <laughs> that's the, you know it's not a recommendation, but. Yeah, just just um, the fact that you know these these talismanic kind of players who like the one guy that plays up front for you know a team that always plays or you know plays is you know on set on someone on set pieces a classic example especially if they're having a good run you know who's 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 taking set pieces and you know creating chances things like that so yeah being just common sense to be aware of aware of these things um, mm. yeah. Uh, it's it's more difficult when you have some you know a, t- a team that has more of a kind of like choppy changey kind of uh, setup you know perhaps Tottenham earlier in the season were like mixing up their attackers Man Man City which we've discussed before you know like Le- Leicester Liverpool uh, Man United have all been really re- straightforward to understand like who's going to who's going to play and potentially even Arsenal as well you know Aubameyang's going to play you know uh, Man United are going to play the same kind of three or four players in their front positions if they're fit yeah. and. Yeah, that just counts for so much. A stat on your site, which I saw as well, just shows how many players uh, each team has used throughout the season. Burnley being the lowest on 19 and uh, Leicester just above that on 20. And you go all the way up the top to Tottenham on 26 players used this season. So yeah, that that (laughs) shows some rotation in Man City in the middle, 22. Um, let's move it on then to the fixture pileup. So we're just going to mention this just because you put up a great image on your Twitter, just showing the, the amount of days all the teams have off. The likes of West Ham look to have a total of 15 days off over the Christmas period. <laughs> they got this crazy, yeah. crazy run, crazy run because Liverpool went and went and won yeah. the Champions League, and, and, and West Ham yeah. benefit. So you know, lucky and then West Ham. Go all the way to the bottom of the likes of Man United, Tottenham, Watford, and Chelsea, all on seven days total they get off. So it would be worth looking at James's Twitter there. So at J Air nineteen seventy. So if you want, you want to check out, yeah, at J Air nineteen seventy. I think one factor of the Christmas that which might, might I don't know I'm sure it has escaped nobody's uh, and uh, everyone's aware of it but there's there's a few teams that've got three home games and one away which is very unfair mm. you know this next kind of little run towards the start of uh, January like uh, for example is I think Newcastle Brighton uh, yeah, Norwich uh, Man City yeah Man City have got a Watford three three um, three homes one away Man United only got one at home. Uh, Palace Wolves Leicester only one at home maybe Chelsea as well so that um, that I feel I don't know how you guys as you know seasoned FPL veterans feel about the whole home and away split I, I feel like I don't like it when my players yeah. are playing away yeah, we, we, and we I want them to home. come home yeah. <laughs> yep yeah yeah, so so the, you know, definitely definitely an aspect there. Even if your fixtures might look a little easier or not, you know, are they home or away? There's you know the next four game weeks are, are unfairly yeah, split. It's up. Always, the most important thing, yeah, the most important thing for me here is that I, I would rather have players playing at home. But first of all, I need players that play. That's my main yeah. priority. So I like Rashford, even though he plays away some games because I figure he will start all four games. Yeah. 
and the yeah. Dolph things yeah, matter. Just an interesting graphic for people to have a look, and I, I would recommend taking a look at James's Twitter on that. Right, so we've got loads of other questions here, but unfortunately we have run long because James talks for hours. No, it's just because we've got great, great, great content <laughs> here. So um, apologies, apologies to all of our uh, listeners that have sent through questions. We're not going to get through them, and I am dying for a piss. So uh, just going to stop out for the Iceman's piss break. Welcome back to me from my Iceman's piss break. Uh, so we're just going to talk about partner chat. So Mikhail Topfam's algorithm. I asked him to put together a wildcard team for me, which the algorithm suggests. And Stefan Puki is actually in that team. Oh, I'm just yeah. going to quickly list the team which he suggests. He's also suggesting your keeper there, Stefan, with Ryan and Button as the two keepers. Defenders would be Alexander Arnold, Lundstrom, Target. Uh, Otamendi and Rico. For midfielders, it will be Son, De Bruyne, Sterling, Grealish and Marshall. For strikers, it will be Rashford, Pukki and Greenwood, just because he's a backup option with some potential for more game time. And I did see uh, an article which uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was saying, I can't drop him now, which was interesting. He also said, or Marshall plus Pukki to Ali plus King as an option. So King looking at the Bournemouth assets there. Uh, and if you want to know... No Vardy in that, yeah, which is making... It's just Man United's strike force. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like all in on Man United. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, good Marshall, luck with that. Rashford and Greenwood, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Um, so if you want to know more about Mikhail's algorithm, it's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We are also partnered with Fancy Football Hub, who hosted a great meetup this Friday. Very enjoyable going on that. So thank you again, Will. And uh, have been given an exclusive sign up offer of Surgery 10. So if you want to go to fancyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 10% off. And we are also partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles 1 on Twitter, doing some great doodles for us each week with our headlines. Right. So let's talk about our trap tins, transfers and captains. We've got a question here, FPL Governors, but talk me off this ledge. Charleston captaincy versus Arsenal, or do I consider it? So, James, should he captain with Charleston? But beloved Richarlison. Are you going to do that? <laughs> Your love? No. Your dream? <laughs> no, he hasn't been. They're at home though, aren't they? Oh, no, no. No, I won't. I won't do it, but. You can if you want to, with uh, Ancelotti round the corner and inspires yeah, and Arsenal's shonky defence. I don't know, maybe. So do you want to tell us your transfers and captains for this week? I think you've already told us one of them. Oz- 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 yeah, I got, I got more info. My, my, the Ozil experiment is over because he's useless. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a shame yeah. because that was uh, a great plan that didn't work so Lucas Moore has come in uh, captain I don't know maybe I'll go back with Kane again no Ster- I'll probably go Sterling he hasn't been captain for a couple of weeks and <laughs> since, all, since everyone wants to yeah he'll do he'll do one of one of them who's going to score goals maybe, maybe Sterling he got one at the weekend so maybe he's back on and he, yeah everyone ruled out the week before didn't he uh, you know yep. some dodgy yeah. VAR decision so this guy is hot <laughs> okay you heard it here first okay Stefan what are your thoughts with yeah I- I'm all aboard Mikkel's uh, algorithm, so I'm gonna gonna bring in Rashford pretty certainly. 
uh, Rashford and Grealish for Mane and Connolly are my likely transfers. But I'm going to wait it out until after the midweek games and maybe also the pressers. I, I can afford to lose some value before I make my transfers. Yeah, fair enough, Captain. And uh, Captain, I think I'm, I'm going to be a bit more conservative with my captain since I can't pick them. It, the choices I make are bad, so I'm trying to stick more with who's expected to do well. And I think Rashford will be pretty much on top of the expected points uh, for captains this week. So I'll probably land yeah, there. I think I'm going to do the same. As I've mentioned, I've got my wildcard team. I'm not fully decided on all of it. So be on our Slack to look out for what that will eventually be. It will be close to what I listed earlier, but I think I am going to go for the Rashford captaincy just because I think he's going to score the most this week. I will check out the betting odds just to see who is the highest as well out of him and on. Okay, so before we leave you, let's go through the FPL Surgery Patreon League. And I'm going to pass it over to Stefan because he's just better at names than me. I'm glad to be of help. And uh, the, 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 the good part here is I can speak yeah. Norwegian. So since we have Norwegians mm-hmm. everywhere, uh, I'll be able to read mm-hmm. those. Okay, so first we have the top three in the FPL Surgery Patreon League. And uh, it is led by Gabriel Castellanos, from, uh, which uh, has a team called Blancacu. Second place, Andreas Toft with Dynamo Torshov. And in third place, saved by Dibble by Jeff Holt. Jeff Holt the, uh... So we have a Norwegian there in second place. I'm <laughs> proud of that. Just because he's Norwegian, yeah. yeah. Jeff Holt, the streamers and yeah. bloggers uh, <laughs> organizer, yeah, doing well there. Yeah, and the public league, we got in first place Theodor Ekbakke with Fratten Park Hot Dogs. Second place, Mike Butcher, Kevin Allen, Luke Burgess, Christina Hoegset, Rui de Oliveira, Jack Hewitt, Halstein Ydstebø, Hayden Owens, and Kartnik oh, Mahendra. Well, well okay, the last one I butchered. <laughs> I think it was well read. I would have actually butchered all of them. It was brilliant. Uh, the eighth place, the Istbo, you would yeah. have problems. With and to, uh, if you want to sign up to our uh, uh, public league, which James, I hear that you're going to sign up this week. So the code for that is JK 2 So if you want to see James's team, then uh, jump into that and you can see what he's got. Right, we're going to move to you, James. And uh, I always ask the guests every week, guess three top picks for the week and three top differentials. So take it from him. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this week's an absolute nightmare. You asked me this, and I was you like, I, do I have to answer yeah. this? And you said yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to say obvious things. I, do, I, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. And I'm about to wildcard, so I'm not even thinking about this week. I'm just trying to survive. On, just trying to get through. The top three picks. <laughs> Sterling, KDB. You know I've got good picks. What have you not got? <laughs> yeah, pick, yeah, pick Sterling. He's good. You, you're experts. Go on, go on, tell, tell, tell me what, what are your fit? three top picks and three top differentials for this week. Okay, um, uh, three top picks. I'm gonna back Jimenez away to Norwich and Rashford, and the last one will Danny. Differentials and the differentials. Yeah, I thought maybe Danny still a differential. Right. Okay, for differentials, we have we have to go with Richarlison. Yeah, and if fit, I don't know what happened to Sidibe. Or Everton, but I really liked him lately. If he's fit, you can choose him. Other than that, I will have to say... Russia. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea about the last one. Uh, more pie. I'll pick more pie. Then we've, yeah, we've yeah, between good. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's got. He's, 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 he's Sheffield United. They'll win five nil. Thanks for that. So um, feedback <laughs> box, and this week Alan has actually said thanks for the excellent episode, guys. I'm really going to miss Billy. I generally think he's one of the best hosts in the FPL podcasting world. I will miss his voice. James from FPL Planet loved his voice last week as well. Uh, with that said, I'm already looking forward to the next episode, and I was just about to suggest that James York as a recurring guest. And I'm sure we can all agree that we can use a bit more of Stefan in our lives. What are your thoughts on that, James, recurring guest? Uh, I'm sure you'll drive me back on here at some point. I'll miss Bully as well. Bully's really good. This I know, is I true. Feel, I feel bad this is a, for a being in his thing, spot. So, it doesn't yeah. feel right at all. It's, it's, I just feel, just feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> a, a solid front man he really is so you know uh, and NT aboard is saying completely agree with this I generally uh, it generally is one of the highlights of my week when the new episode drops if I ever went on a desert island discs I think my luxury item would be a surgery podcast so thank you again guys appreciate that any other business from you guys regarding this pod have you got anything more you want to release to the world Let's hope for green arrows in Christmas. <laughs> no green arrows for me for a long, long time. Watford players, there you go. There was something I was thinking of. Watford players are all oh, miles yes. behind their expected oh, values, so maybe they'll come good at some point, oh, just as a we'll random kind of one so, for the um, future. Delafayo is the one to have from James York. Yeah, Gray and Gray and Saar. Gray, I think Gray's Saar the most, forward, most behind out of yeah. players who you know, play kind of, I don't know, 600 minutes or something. Yeah, Despite you manage it, you manage it. So, um, again, it's thank you it. for making the step up, Stefan. You performed better than the Norwegian in the Premiership, really. So, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for James for coming on. Can <laughs> you please let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can reach you, Twitter, website, etc. Plug away. Yeah, find me on at Jaya1970 on Twitter. I, I work for at StatsBomb, which is at StatsBomb. We get loads of articles. We have a podcast. It's all kind of stats-orientated. So, you know, if you're into FBL, it's a great podcast. Yeah, the crossover is strong, always has been. So. Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of us, please check us out at fplsurgery.com and please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash fplsurgery. And if you want to join our mini league, the code is cccjk2. So join with that code, that's cccjk2. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter, at fplsurgery. Subscribe on iTunes. And if you would, could be kind to please rate the podcast. And if you want to give me an email at info at fplsurgery.com surgery.com thank you for listening everyone good luck in your game weeks and up the pod up, the, to, pod. up the pod have i got to say that yes this is why we left up this pod alexa be nice for once please Oh, Matata, I'm always nice to people I respect. Cockface. Okay, this game week has seen Liverpool flutter, Leicester stutter, and Watford clutter the gutter. KDB smashed Arsenal's back doors in, and then proceeded to teabag each and every numpty who dared to dump him. My outside captain pick for next game week is Grealish. Thank me later. I hear there was a fantasy football hub meetup in London, which Iceman attended dressed as a goddamn surgeon. I imagine that was wall-to-wall fanny. Anywho, that's about enough from me. 
although just a word of advice for you Matt Hatter. Seeing that the election is over, Brexit is back on track, and things have settled down politically. Why don't you go f*** yourself? Up yours, and up the pod. <sighs> up the pod.